Hi, Soumya. Welcome to 11 Questions. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I want to start by asking if you are a tea person or a coffee person. Coffee person all the way. And if you could have coffee with any person, living or dead, who would you choose? Ooh, that's a really good question. I think, uh, so I would have coffee with my maternal grandfather who passed away when I was younger. Um, he was a physician and a very avid reader. So I'd love to just hear more about his life and his stories. And now you have written two books. Did you always want to be a writer? I did. I was always a big reader from a young age and I always admired writers, but um, growing up in the community I did, I didn't think people could actually make a life out of doing this. And so it was a dream. It was just something I didn't think was possible until I would say I was in my 20s. And how do you juggle the creative work with the rest of your life? So it's changed throughout the years, but to make a long story short, I've always treated it like a job because I knew myself and knew that if I was doing my day job in medicine and I had extra time left over and I didn't treat writing like another job, I would probably watch TV for hours and hours and hours. And so I treated it like I had a second job and that's been very valuable for me to give it that space and that importance and to also talk about it that way with other people that I'm working when I'm reading and writing. Yeah, I think that's really important. Until you do that, you tend to put it off like just another low priority thing that you yes. never get around to possibly. Yes. And I think, I think we're also sometimes taught to not prioritize ourselves as well. And so it's seen as an indulgent thing to do. And then before you know it, you know, days, weeks, months, years can go by and you haven't put any time into it. I definitely relate with that. Your latest book, What a Happy Family, what is it about? So What a Happy Family is about the Joshi family. They live outside of the city of Atlanta in the suburbs. And the book really follows how each of them struggle with their own emotional well-being in different ways and the things that they keep from one another. And ultimately, the story is about how family can hurt us and also how family can heal us. That's very interesting. I think both your books have family as a strong pillar. Definitely. So are there any issues or values that are really important to you to include in your work? Absolutely. I think I've always been driven by what helps people live their truest purpose. And I've always wanted to explore that in fiction and the things that maybe are harder to talk about in, in real life, in day-to-day -day conversation. So for What a Happy Family, mental health was that overarching theme because I've just seen the ways that we talk about it, the ways we don't talk about it, the ways that we might be in denial of it, the ways we might carry shame because of it, all of those things that surround the actual topic of mental health that just play such a big role and have an enormous enormous impact on how we feel we can show up with ourselves and with others. And I really wanted to read about those themes in fiction. So it's really, really important to me. And it always will be to take tough questions and, and maybe things that are harder to talk about um, in real life with people and, and explore them on the page. And when writing this book, and maybe even the previous book, did you follow a writing routine? So the first book, uh, Well-Behaved Indian Women, took me over 10 years to write. And so that uh, I would write whenever I could. So I was in medical school and residency when I was writing it. So whenever I wasn't studying or at work, I would write. It was, it was as though I was fighting to write no matter when I wasn't working. And I had um, designated vacation times once I was in my residency training and I'd become a newlywed actually right when I started my training. And I told my husband right after we got married that my vacation days are my writing days. And then the next days will be our days. 
And so we had this setup from the start that was really, really helpful. And the book took a long time. It was the book that got me the publishing deal and really made me feel like I could put my stories out in the world. The second one, What a Happy Family, was different because for the first time I was on a deadline and I had a contract. So I had these other outside factors that were driving when I had to turn the book in. And I think it was such a valuable learning experience for me to be able to write under different circumstances than my first book. But I also became a mom between my first and second book coming out and The pandemic happened, as we all know, and is still going on. And for 15 months, my husband and son and I lived with my parents, grandparents and siblings in one house. And so everybody was always doing something. There was always something going on. So I wrote primarily at night. I wrote from 10 p.m. to 3.30 a.m. because I felt that it was the only time I could just get quiet and just be with myself. Looking back, I would not recommend that to anybody just because it's very important to also make sure that you're okay and that you're getting your rest and that you're prioritizing that and that you're not burning out. And and I do think that I pushed myself a little too hard because of just everything going on. But but it was a really great learning experience to just see what what it's like to write with a shorter time crunch and to to really get a story out and to be carrying it with you all day while the world is changing all the time. It's a very different journey for both books. So would you say you produce better work under pressure when you had a deadline to meet or when you had your own timeline set? I think it's a push and pull because uh, I could see myself if I had no pressure at all, just drawing it out for ever, really, because I think stories can always be edited. They can always be revisited. They can always evolve. That's the beauty of, I think, so many creative things is that we can always revisit them and, and change them along the way. But I did put a pressure on myself with well-behaved Indian women as well to just try to get things done in the short periods of time I had to write. And so I, I think I'll always need a push and pull of both. I'll need that pressure to really get some of those things accomplished and those words on the page. But I'll also need that time that's maybe a little bit more open to process the story, process the characters. Um, Think about the emotional impact that each character is going through. So those things for me only happen when I don't have pressure. So I I think I'll always need both. And is there something that you find really challenging in the whole process? I find it all quite challenging. Uh, my, My hope is that with each story... I feel challenged and I feel that it is great hard work to explore different people and to give them the justice that they deserve and to create a story that helps people who read it hopefully feel a little bit less alone in the world. So even if they don't relate to the characters and they don't see themselves in them, if they even feel like for that brief period of time where they had the story, they felt like the rest of the world stopped for a little bit. Um, I want to always work hard to make sure that it's deserving of the time someone's putting into it when they're reading it, because I, I value that, that someone's really taking out time from their busy lives to hold my book and to read my story. So I would say that's the hardest part, that that pressure that I put on myself to make sure that those characters and the stories and the themes are, are doing that justice to make it a worthwhile thing to read. And now I know that you read a lot of books because I follow you on Goodreads. So you, <laughs> I get great recommendations from you. If you were to be deserted on an island with only three books, which ones would you take with you? 
Oh, okay. So the first one that comes to mind is Alka Joshi's The Henna Artist, because it's such a beautiful book. Her second one came out this summer, The Secret Keeper of Jaipur. And I love how she transports me to another place and time period. And, and also her characters are incredible. They're inspiring. They're very ahead in the way they think. And I, she's also a really cool person for lack of a better word. She's very eloquent and um, very inspiring. I, so that would definitely be the first book. The second Second book, I would say I read this one this summer and I really enjoyed it. It's called The Other Black Girl by Zakia Delilah Harris. And it follows um, a woman in the publishing industry and is a bit of a dark comedy, but also makes these really great, great statements just about different workplaces. It's covering just publishing, but I think a lot of the statements are universal. So I love books that cover workplaces and that take me to a different place. And on an island, I imagine I would love to think about that office setting. And then the third one, I'm trying to think what would be a good, there have been so many great books that came out this year. So I would say the third one, um, I'll pick a nonfiction. I love nonfiction as well, but maybe you should talk to someone by Lori Gottlieb. I really, really love that book. I love that book. It's so good, right? She does such a good job of integrating her own experiences as a therapist in therapy, and then also reflecting on the people whom she's seen in therapy and and the things that she's learned from them. And so, but the way she writes it, it it's very narrative. And so it's- a Yeah, it doesn't feel book. like you're reading nonfiction. It doesn't at all. It feels like you could be reading fiction really, because it's very creatively and beautifully written. And I, I admire her work. She also has a column in the Atlantic where readers um, write to her with questions about their personal lives and, and, you know, she provides some insights. And so I think that book, I, I learned a lot from reading that book and I took a lot away from it. So that would be my third. Yeah, I think they're all great choices. For our last question now, if you were to pick one interesting life experience to share, what would you tell us today? I would say uh, becoming a mom for sure, because I think that it taught me to look at, as someone is so interested in family dynamics, it put me in a place to look at my own family dynamics in, in through a different lens. You know, I, I really started to understand what it must have been like, um, just as uh, I just got a little bit of that understanding. I'll never have the whole picture, but what it must have been like for my parents um, when they were young parents and what that must have been like for them and then for their parents. Um, what were those experiences like that that have so much uncertainty that really change your life to such a big level? I also learned a lot about what my parents went through with me because once I had my son, they would say, "Oh, you actually did this. You know, you cried all night too, and you wouldn't you wouldn't drink your milk." And these are the things we had to do. And I don't think those stories would have come out if I wasn't in that place myself. And I learned a lot about just the history of um, the part of South Asian culture that, that I'm a part of. You know, I learned about different foods that we eat and that we, you know, different different traditions that we have for parents. And, and I think it's been amazing. And then when it comes to just work, I think it's actually made me a lot stronger in my work. And I never thought that was possible. My whole life, I had been given this message from everywhere, not one place that having a child meant that you would sacrifice yourself in your career. And I was always very scared of that. And, and I remained scared of that even while I was pregnant. Um, and it felt like a very shameful thing to say. And it actually ended up being the opposite. And so I hope that, you know, with time, we hear about all the different experiences people can have. Um, because, because there's not just one way that a life can go, even if, even if we think there is, and that's the script that's out there. So I hope that that's something that I can share and, and spread with people too, that whatever choices we make, um, when we're committing to other relationships, no matter whether it's a friendship, romantic, um, having a child, whatever it is, they actually enrich our life and they enrich all parts of our lives if they're the right relationships. 
that's a great message and i too have always heard like you somehow give up something if you're bringing a child into your life yes. so this is like a very different answer i've heard <laughs> yeah i felt i felt the same way and i think well, i could talk about this for an entire new podcast so maybe i'll save that for next time we meet but but i do think sometimes we feel more comfortable um looking at things as black or white that oh if we do this then this is going to be taken away or this is going to be added but sometimes there's this entire spectrum of what can happen and on some days maybe we are feeling like something's taken away but on other days we might feel like we're getting a lot back and i know we are done with our 11 questions now but i also want to ask one more question is there a new book you're working on i am i'm working on my third book i'm actually almost done it's about um it's of course with a south asian woman and she is a new mom and she's also a startup founder and ceo so um i you know i'm my husband works at start has worked at different startups and is in the tech world and i've always been interested in just how how women are treated in the workplace as they try to rise and what barriers do they come up against and so all of my books start from a central question and the question that drove this one is uh, how does the world treat the women who dare to go after everything they want oh i love it i need that book right now <laughs> <laughs> But if our listeners want to buy your existing books or just get in touch with you, how can they do that? I'm on all social media platforms at Somia J. Dave, and uh, my books are available at all retailers and um, any of the online ones. Well, thank you again for being a thank guest you. on my podcast, Somia. This was great talking to you. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to our conversation today. Hope you enjoyed getting to know our guest as much as I did. You can also watch a video version of this conversation on 11 Questions YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening and if you like this episode please leave a 5 star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at 11questionspod for more videos and updates and I'll be back next week with a new guest. Bye.